That song was shorter than I thought, so I was, hello again, welcome. Um, usually, like, like Garrett mentioned, you know, we, we have like technology as we all live by and we all appreciate, uh, but there's something good, uh, kind of a reminder of how sometimes uh, you can actually simplify things in life and um, it still can be effective and you can simplify things as a church and you can still have church. And so this is just a reminder. So um, you have what's called a piece of paper um, in, your, in your handout. And that you can write on with a pen. And you could take notes if you'd like. Like we're going old school. We're going paper. And so there's no screen or the, or the PowerPoint. But there is a, a notes uh, in, your, in your program if you want to, to do that and uh, take notes. So please feel free to or, or not to. And there's a pen. Uh, today I'm talking about a, a topic called peace uh, in in the chaos of life, and this is something that um, I think God's put on on my heart, just in the things that I've been facing and, and dealing with. But then also, as I, I've been talking to lots of people, uh, life has a way of being very chaotic, um, overwhelming, uh, can blindside us, can can hit us with things that that we didn't see uh, coming, and so I want to talk about not how to get rid of chaos in your life, because I believe that even as you turn to God for help, uh, chaos is still there. But uh, what are you supposed to do in the chaos? Because things are still going to happen, unforeseen circumstances, trouble. But what do we do in the middle of those things that actually cannot derail us, that can actually keep progress in our life? And I think that's kind of what we all want, especially as we start this new fall season. How can we continue uh, to move forward. And so I want to start with a, a statement that you may agree with or you, you may not, but from what I found in my life and as I've studied the life of Jesus, I believe it's true. And that's this, that, that God is in control at all times. And that is so easy to say, but very hard to believe. Um, because I, I think there's lots of times where things are spiraling out of control uh, where you just feel like you you just keep hitting a wall. This morning I was at the store at Stater Brothers, and we were getting ice uh, for today. And I loaded up all the ice in the cart, and I'm pushing it out. It's before seven o'clock. You know, let's just get this morning started. And all of a sudden, the cart just stops, and I cannot push it anymore. And I'm like, what is? You know, we have that bad cart, like where the wheel is turned sideways, and it's got like dust and hair from 17 years ago. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And you just keep trying to power up. So I'm just pushing, I'm pushing, and I'm pushing. And then an employee from State Department says, oh, let me, let me turn that off for you. It was a system in their doors that had shut down the wheels of the cart. You guys seen that? Shopping carts that like if you go past, it's like a security measure. And so I'm pushing this and it just stopped. And I'm just keep pushing and pushing like what's going on? And then this lady just pushed a little button and then I was free to go. And as I was thinking about this morning and, and life, I think that's a lot of times what happens. Things are swirling and chaotic and overwhelming, and we just think we just have to push through. I keep just, I have to do just what I'm doing, but I have to do it better, or I have to keep doing what I'm doing, but I have to do it harder, or it's this idea, like, if we just push through, we'll get, we'll get by. What, what you find is, is actually... You, you need something that's beyond your control. You need help 
uh, from God in those times. And it's not about pushing harder. It's about actually doing things differently. Because if you keep doing the same things you've always done, you're going to be at the same place. And so this, this idea of God is in control is, is a way where you look at what you're facing, you look at what's on your plate, and you have to decide, I either look at myself and try to power through, or I admit that there's something that I'm not getting, and there's something that I'm not able to do, and I need help beyond myself. That's actually where peace comes from. It's not looking internally. It's not being stronger. It's not being better. It's not even being smarter. It's looking beyond yourself to something greater, and that's God. And he's in control at all times. And I want to illustrate this by a story that's found in the New Testament uh, with the disciples of Jesus. And Jesus called a group of 12 men to follow him. And it was literally, that's what he asked them, come follow me. Learn from me. Go where I go. Do what I do. And that's how Christianity started. That's how Christ followers began. They followed Christ, literally. And today, Christianity has expanded, and it's grown beyond those 12 to people today like us. Who, If you follow Christ, you're a part of the movement that was started. But many times what happened is Jesus follows. My pages are going to keep falling off here. I'm going to clip them. Hold on a sec, guys. If I keep acting like it's not going to happen, it's going to keep doing it. It's like an illustration here. Um, the wind is going to keep blowing. Uh, so, so Jesus had his followers, and he, he really called them to extend themselves, and he, he taught them about love, and he taught them about service. And there was always this point where they kind of reached their limit, and I can relate to that. I, I reach my limit a lot where I think I'm done. I can't handle what I still have on my plate, and I, I just, I'm done. And I even say that to myself. So I was like, I'm done. I say that to my wife, I'm done. Or sometimes my kids, I'm done. Get whatever you want. You want that for breakfast? Go ahead. I'm done. And many times that's what, that's what they faced. And so they were always looking for kind of these, these seasons of, of rest and these seasons where the chaos of everything would, would die down. And I can relate to that. Life is busy and we just long for the times where it just settles. And there's this instance where they'd been ministering to people and extending themselves for people and pushing and pushing and pushing, and, and they wanted a little bit of reprieve. They wanted a break. And so Jesus offered this to them. And in Mark 4, uh, you'll see on your, your handout, this is at the time where they were ready for this break, and this is what the scriptures say. It says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. So there's these crowds of people that they're helping, and Jesus is teaching, and they're there to do whatever Jesus needs them to do. They're being runners. They're being, praying for people. They're, they're loving people. They're serving, and they're just all the crowds, all the crowds, and they're with all the people. They're in the middle of all the action of Jesus' ministry. So Jesus sees that they're wearing out. They're beyond their limit. They're beyond their capacity. The chaos is just hitting them. He says, okay, let's, let's leave the crowds. Let's leave the chaos, let's leave the busyness, and let's go to the other side. Oftentimes, you have to read into the the characters of of the Bible, and we don't really get the reaction, but how do you feel after you've been working long and hard at your work, and you know a vacation's coming? How do you leave the office that, like, Friday before vacation? You know, kind of like you got a little bump, you're like, see ya. 
your all your coworkers like, see you Monday. Oh, no, I won't. I'm going to be gone. And you're just all pumped and you're walking. You're excited. You got this bounce in your step. And I can imagine this with the disciples were, you know, like high-fiving and fist bump. I don't know if they fist bumped back then, but maybe, you know, elbow bump, who knows. But they're excited. All the boats, they're on this like serene just situation, relaxing, like oh, it's time. And then the scriptures go on in verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling, in verse 38. But he was in the stern, and he was in the stern is according to is, is Jesus here. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I just love that statement. Like, can you read it? You're like, teacher, we're going to die. Can you wake up? Like, that, that's what's happening. It, it probably was not as subtle as something like, teacher, we're not going to make it and you're asleep. You, you know, they are freaking out. And, and Jesus is asleep. And he awoke. And Jesus awoke. And, and, and it just sounds like from one sentence to the next. And he awoke. Like, hey, guys, whoa, whoa, calm down. I'm trying to get some sleep here. Have you ever been woken from, like, a deep sleep? Nobody likes that. So Jesus, Jesus woke and he says, and he woke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. So they woke him. They're overwhelmed. They're freaking out. And he woke up and he said to the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40, he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Verse 41, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? That to me illustrates that God is in control at all times. And we know that God is in control because he sent his son Jesus to represent the new life that he wants to give to us. Jesus comes in the middle of the chaos, literally in this story, and the wind's and the waves are crashing, and he's asleep, and it just shows this sense of he wasn't detached or he was apathetic. It was the sense of there was nothing to worry about. There was nothing that was beyond his control. There was nothing that was going to overwhelm him, and he was asleep, and that's symbolic of this sense of Jesus came to bring peace in the middle of the chaos. And he's in control because he commanded the wind and the waves to stop. And what did they do? They stopped. The moment of fear and chaos was over at the sound of Jesus' voice. And that's how we know that he's in control. They were expecting rest, and they got a windstorm. They were expecting peace. You know, their vacation from the crowds, and they got waves. In the middle of this, Jesus was at peace, and he is the one that brings peace in other situations we face. So here's something else I've learned. Not only is God in control at all times, but the key to life is not running from chaos, but learning how to turn to God in the midst of it. If you're like me, you spend your whole life trying to avoid hard things, right? Like we don't wake up like, I really hope today's going to be a tough day. I really hope it's going to be overwhelming, stressful. I hope my boss is going to give me things I didn't know about. 
Oh, my employees are just going to say, no, I don't want to do that. No, we always picture the perfect day. Now, if you're a little bit more pessimistic, you kind of think like, but it's not going to be. But you, you still hope that it's, it's going to go well. And I think that's for all of us. But the key to, to life and success is not running from these things. Because you can't run. Life finds us. The unexpected circumstances, sickness, it, it finds us. We live in a broken world. We're broken people. We can't run from it. So the key is not running from the chaos, but learning what to do in the middle of it. And if we learn to turn to God in the midst of it, there's actually new things that can come that we've never experienced before. I want to read another scripture in Philippians 4, and it's on your handout too. Now, as I read this, there is part of this, as you read the scripture or you hear it, it should actually sometimes cause you to think, how could that be? And this is one of those scriptures for me. As I read it and as I hear it, I think to myself, huh? How is that possible? And so if you feel like that, that's actually normal. But as you feel that and you maybe even bristle or you maybe think it's not true, use those as moments to maybe dig in and and research a little bit more. Talk to people about have they experienced this in in their life. So here's what Philippians 4 says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. What? That's one of the, what? Rejoice in the Lord always, like on a Monday? When your car breaks down? When you just are tired out and overwhelmed always? So I read that, I'm like, what? And then verse 5 says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. What? I'm just saying this on purpose, guys, because, right? Do not be anxious about what? Anything. Huh? Does God know what's in our life? Does God know what we face? How can we not be anxious about anything? And then, but in everything, what? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In these few verses is actually perspective that I believe can change your life. I believe that if you turn to God and in faith believe this is true, your, your life will be different. The reason I say that is it's not a gimmick or a sales pitch. It's actually something I've experienced myself. And I've seen other people that have gotten to the point where they can rejoice even in hard things, where they experience peace that surpasses even what they understand, where they can feel like their, their hearts and minds are guarded, they're protected by God, and they don't get crushed or, or overwhelmed. And so I want to focus on... Uh, what, what this means by breaking down e- each verse. And so the, the premise is, when I turn to God for help, this happens. Many times we want peace. How many of you would like peace? Just, you know, all right. How many of you don't want peace? Okay, good. So everyone, we all want it. We all want peace. But the key to how life works is you have to turn to God for it. 
And this is where now it's the line in the sand. Because we all want peace, but are we willing to turn to God for it? And there's five words in in this passage uh, in verse 5. And it says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Five words. I want to make sure I had that right. The Lord is at hand. It is. It's five words. The way the Lord is at hand is if you turn to him and ask him for help. And everything this scripture describes, it can be yours because he's at hand. And he's at hand because you've turned to him and asked him for help. And so I want to walk through what this means. So when I turn to God for help, here's the first thing. I can learn to, according to verse 4, rejoice in everything. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So how you react in life reveals what's going on on the inside, okay? What you react, what you say, what you do, what you think, your attitudes reveal what's going on inside of you. How many of you just get very frustrated driving on the freeways, right? When somebody cuts you off, what do you do? This is church. I can't, right? Like, we can't say that. But don't we get so just frustrated at people? And I think driving represents life a lot. We have our goals. We have the path that we're on. We have the way we want to do it. We're going our speed in our way. And somebody comes, and when they cut us off on the freeway, it's this this picture of somebody blocking what we want. Now, sometimes they do it in a really dangerous way. And so I'm not promoting to be like, "Just, just let people cut you off, guys. But it does represent life and, and this moving forward and trying to reach our own goals. And when people come and disrupt it, there's just this reaction. And so our reactions reveal what's going on in our heart. When we're frustrated, uh, it reveals we have expectation. If you're frustrated at people, most of the time you expect things from them and they've let you down. So if you're frustrated at people that you love, if you're frustrated at your boss, if you're frustrated at your coworkers, if you're frustrated at your kids, anyone that you relate to, most of the time, the frustration is linked to an expectation that you have. You want them to do something or say something. And they may not know it or they may know it, but they're not doing it. And so when we're frustrated at people, it, it reveals expectation. Uh, when we get angry, again, it reveals our blocked goals. Somebody didn't do something that we wanted them to do, and it makes us angry because we needed them to do it. And that goes back to the expectation we have and the frustration. Oftentimes, anger comes from built-up frustration. Depression reveals discouragement. When we're down, oftentimes there's just things going on inside of us where we're so discouraged because things are not happening the way that we want. We're disappointed in others. We're disappointed in ourselves. Sometimes we're disappointed in God. And all this is going on inside of us, and it comes out. Frustration reveals expectation. Anger reveals blocked goals. Depression reveals discouragement and disappointment. When you rejoice in the Lord, it reveals faith. And that's what Paul, the writer, is saying. He wrote this saying, if you rejoice in the Lord always, you're living by faith. And that faith is even in the chaos, even in the circumstance I would rather change, I can choose to rejoice. I can choose to to react in a way that's not going to crush people. I can react in a way that has hope. Now, notice 
we're, we're told to rejoice in what? In the Lord. So when your car breaks down, you don't rejoice in your car. You don't want to do that. It's a broken down car. When you get sick, you don't rejoice in your sickness. When you're stressed, you don't rejoice in your stress. But when you face these things, you can choose to rejoice in the Lord. So practically, rejoicing in the Lord is when life is chaotic. And if you turn to God for help, you rejoice by saying, God, you are with me and you will help me. And that may be all that you know in this moment, but he's with me and he will help me. And that's reason to rejoice. So you can rejoice in everything because you can rejoice in the Lord. Uh, The second aspect where we can find peace in the middle of chaos is that we can be gentle versus backlash people. Have you guys done something in this past week where you've said something to somebody and immediately you thought, I shouldn't have said that? This happens to me all the time. My mouth opens and there's these things called words and they come out. And as they fly out, sometimes they're just hitting people like baseballs, like poof, poof. And our words are like that. They're these powerful things that can, can help or, or can harm. And there's many times I open my mouth and it's just, it's not helpful. But if you turn to God for help, God can even help you in the way that you respond to people, in the way that you respond to things when they go wrong. So let your reasonableness be known reasonableness. I'm going to say that right one of these times today. Reasonableness. Is that right? That felt good. Be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Again, the Lord is at hand. He's here. He's watching. He's with us. And so literally, it means that we can be level-headed. So I was thinking just some things that cause me to, to backlash against people. See if you can relate to these. When people wrong me, my immediate reaction is, I want to wrong you. We learn this at a young, like that's preschool. But as adults, we do that. We just bring it back in more sophistication. You, you wrong me, I'm going to wrong you. You may not know it, but I will find you. Like we do that to people. We do it by the cold shoulder. We do it by putting them in their place. We do that by just venting. I just need to tell you something. Oftentimes when we're full of emotion, and we're reacting to something that somebody's done, it's usually not going to be helpful. So when wronged, we, we can forgive. Uh, if somebody's ever said anything to you that's not true, you can actually trust God with your reputation. Why? Because God is in control at all times. And God can protect even your reputation, even when somebody said something that's not true, even when somebody's done something to you that's not right. Uh, when discouraged, you can still people right. You can still treat people right. I don't need to power up over people. I don't need to be. I don't need to put people in their place. Why? Because God is in control at all times, and He's with me, and He will help me, and I can choose to rejoice because of that. And so I can be reasonable, and I can be gentle in how I relate. And then the the third thing, where you can find peace, as you turn to God for help, is this. I can turn my anxieties to God and experience peace and protection. So here, here's what I want you to do. I just want this to be real for you guys because I don't know what you're facing, but I know what I'm facing and what's on my plate. I would like you to take 30 seconds, and I'd like you just to write down, what are the things right now that are causing anxiety in your life? 
What are you worried about? What are you overwhelmed with? What, what is chaotic to you? Go ahead and write that down right now. Any of you really bothered by silence? I'm sorry. That just felt like three hours, right? However, it's important because there's oftentimes like, you know, we come to church and you may have been to church before or not, but there's a sense in which we have our life and everything going on. Then we come to church and it's like we pause life. Then we leave church and then we press play again. It's actually the opposite of that. God wants to meet you right here and right now with what you're facing. So as you write your anxieties, those are the things that God wants to use to get your attention. That's where he wants you to see that he will come through and he will help you. So this is like a survey. And here's some things that kind of I was thinking in my own life. Um, how many of you have anxiety related to like your family? Anyone? They may be here, so you may not want to raise your hand. It's kind of awkward. Don't stare at them too long. But there's anxiety related to kids like how they're going to turn out. You know, as kids go back to school, are they going to have friends? What their teacher's going to be like? Are they going to do okay? Um, How many of you just health? Any anxiety related to health in your own life? Okay, some, yeah. Finances? Stress and worry related to finances? How about your future? There's just anxiety related to your future. Stress, yeah. Back row was the best place to sit today because no one can see you raise your hand. So the back row are like full-on participants. You front row people are really nervous. The cameras you can't see, but they see you. So I, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But w- these, things, these things we all deal with, finances, future, past, stress, kids, health, family, all, all those things. If we don't choose to live life differently than what we've been living We are just like me this morning, pushing a cart that's going nowhere. You're just going to hit the wall. So to receive God's help, you can turn your anxieties to God and experience peace and protection. And this is what 6 and 7 is all about. Do not be anxious about anything. That's what we're commanded to do. Do not be anxious about anything. Then it doesn't end there. Here's the instructions. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. So by prayer, asking God for help. Supplication, asking him for specific things that you need. With thanksgiving, acknowledging what he's already done for you. Make your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's what I've discovered about myself I'm a verse 7 person. I'm not a verse 6 person. I want the peace. I want the protection. But oftentimes, I don't want to turn to God for it. I want the result, but I don't want the means. I want the ends, but I don't want to do what God says. And so to have peace and protection, it actually means you have to turn to God. You have to ask him for help. 
And that may be you today that you've never done that. You've got your life and all that you experience and all that you face, and you've been just pushing that cart, and you're stopped and your wheels are stuck. Or maybe it's slower than before. Maybe it's just off course and you can't get it back in line. I want to tell you today, if you've never decided to turn to God for help, you can decide to do that today. You can turn to him and ask him for help. And, it, and that's literally what it is, is, is God, I need your help. And here at Ridgeview, we want to help you learn what that means to turn to him for help. It's, it's asking him for help. And then what you do is you, you actually have to decide to surrender your life to Jesus. And you allow him to lead you for the first time. And that's what it means to become a Christian. He leads your life. He's at the core of your life, and he's connected to every aspect of your life. And he wants to help you, and he wants to bring peace to you. But he also wants you to do life his way, according to his terms found in the Scripture. And so if you're in the chaos and you feel like you're stuck or you're overwhelmed or you're drowning, there's a place on your connection card where it says, send me info about following Jesus. And if you're interested in that, we'll... We'll get some info to you. Also, if, if you want to talk to me after the service, you can come and find me, and I'll, I'll walk you through what it means to, to become a Christian. If you're overwhelmed and this is you today, you, you can decide to do that. If you, you are a Christian, this is a reminder to unrelinquish the death grip of control that you have on your life. God wants to lead you. He wants to help you but you have to open your hand and surrender the things that are concerning you back to him. What I'm facing, I need to turn over to God. What I'm dealing with, I need to turn over to God. And it's something that we do on a daily basis. And so I encourage you to do that. And so there's some next steps that you can take today. Um, I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to, as I wrap up, we're going to sing a couple songs back to God. But before I do this, I believe every time we open the scriptures and, and every time as a church we come together, I, I do believe that God speaks to us. And he may be speaking to you today and just maybe drawing some conclusions in your mind or even just drawing you to him. And so as you um, think of some next steps, go ahead and pull out your, your connection card. Finish filling that out. On the back side, like I mentioned earlier, there's a place where it says sign me up. You can sign up for things I mentioned. Uh, but also next to that, there's a box that says next steps. And the first next step you can take today is there's three, three initials. It's called DFL. That stands for Discovering Faith Lunch. Uh, we're going to have that in two weeks. If you're interested in learning what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ, or you have questions about Christianity and you'd like to explore more, check that box for DFL. And we're going to have lunch. This is my wife, Samantha. Samantha, raise your hand. We're going to have a lunch over at our house, and we want to invite you to come over. You can get to know us better. But we want to walk you through, like, what does it mean to be a Christian? And you'll hear from people that have decided to follow Jesus and the difference that he makes in their life. So check DFL. Uh, the second next step you can take, and this is where it gets specific for you, is, is ask God for help in blank. So no matter where you are, there's something that, that's beyond you right now, and you know what it is. And so maybe your next step, and you're, you're still trying to figure out this Jesus thing, you're still trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian, but maybe the step for you today is, I just need to ask him for help 
in this one thing. And as you ask him for help, what I've found is God, God comes through. And he wants to provide that help. And so those are the two next steps. And then the third, like I mentioned, is if you're interested in learning to become a Christian and, and you want some information, uh, mark that on the connection card where it says, send me info about. That's on the, the right-hand column. So I'm going to pray. And uh, if I've not met you before or you've got some questions or you just like to talk to me after the service, I'll be hanging around by the info table. Don't forget sunglasses if you, if you don't have them. We'll make sure we get you a pair. And we're going to sing a song. And in a moment, we're going to receive our offering. And you can drop your completed connection card in there. So, again, it's been great to be with all of you. Thanks for surviving the heat. Did you feel that heat like in the last hour? It's just kind of been creeping up. I'm seeing you guys just. That's how I feel. I'm, I'm like standing more and more sideways as the time's going on. Thank you guys for bearing with the heat. Make sure you drink some water. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending peace into our world in the person of Jesus who at his voice calms the winds and the waves and he calms the storms in our life too. Thank you that we can turn to him for help in the middle of our chaos and you will help us. God, I pray for the things that are overwhelming us, causing anxiety, discouragement, stress, you know everything that we're facing, and you want to come and help us. So, God, I just pray that you'll give us humble hearts to turn to you and ask for help. And I pray if there's anybody here that's ready to become a Christian, that they will decide to do that today. And, God, if there's some of us that just we are just in control and we are so just bound up in all the things that we're trying to just do ourselves, will you show us that, that we don't have to do it alone, and we don't have to do it by ourselves. that you will come and help us. So we thank you for your word, how it brings truth and comfort. Thank you for this opportunity to gather in the name of Jesus. Amen.